Welcome to Story Comic Presents, where we interview amazing storytellers and artists. This is episode 119. I'm your host, Barney Smith of StoryComic.com, and we're excited to have with us the acclaimed urban fantasy author and host of the Solo Nerd Bird podcast, K.S. Garner. Hi. How's it going? All right. Yeah. And I was at where I was talking before we went live, I was, I was mentioning that I was... Uh, I uh, found you with our, our our mutual connection, uh, Bill Gosling, 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 Gosling. That's right. He recruited. Gosling. <laughs> Gosling. I remember because yep. he told me. I was like, I when I before I interviewed him, I asked him. He was like, "It's Gosling." I was like, "Good. I don't yeah. want to get it messed up." I know it's like an entire line of Goss right there. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then when so when I was talking, it was like when I was and I discovered your podcast when uh, I was looking for interviews of, of Bill and uh, found you and became an immediate fan of your of your podcast. Thank you. Um, and uh, loved watching all of your podcasts and and you have on here too is like for those that are interested, um, please check out uh, KS's podcast. Um, I, I was just on there. Um, there the solo nerd bird uh, podcast. You've, yeah, you've this been able is here. Uh, sorry, but this no, is uh, Spotify. I'm also on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. And um, on solo nerd birds, pretty much, uh, I, I guess you can say nerd related and indie based. So I look for nerd things, your typical nerd things like comic books, graphic novels, anime. Um, tabletop games, even fantasy novels that I read and write myself under the mm. same name, K.S. Garner. Um, I do bi-weekly Sunday episodes. They're like TV show overviews, like episode by episode TV show overviews. So uh, the last one I did, episode 37 that uh, Barney has up here is Samurai Champool, which is a very a classic anime that a lot of people like. I have never actually seen it. So it's pretty much just you and I going through each episode of what happens and then i talk a little bit about like if i liked it or not pretty much and then that's the episode uh, mondays are movie reviews i haven't done one in a long time but there will be one up um this following monday um and then tuesdays and thursdays i do the uh, independent creator interviews which is what a lot of people like on air and I'm doing a lot of, thanks a lot for that. If you are interested in promoting your uh, product, whatever it may be, again, comics, uh, books, games that you have, or anything else that you want to promote, it can be in the pre-launch stage. It can be something that is ongoing. Um, it can be crowdfunding, whatever it may be. Just go ahead and give me a shout at solonerdbird at gmail.com. Uh, Wednesdays and Fridays, I try to do um, streaming on my Twitch channel. It's solo underscore nerd underscore bird. Thanks, Barney. Yeah. <laughs> um, I haven't done a lot of that either. Again, I've just been really busy, but I try to do uh, streaming on Wednesdays and on uh, Fridays. And then once a month, I do gaming reviews. Um, again, the last one I did was Life is Strange True Colors. Thanks, Barney. So yeah, yeah I, I do a lot. And again, I also do urban fantasy writing. So um, these are the physical copies, Unholy and Unbroken. Right. Again, it's under KS Garner, and people mostly buy digital copies from Amazon. Just go to Amazon, write in, there you go, KS Garner, and then Unholy Trilogy. The two books will pop up. And um, I'm working on getting physical copies so I can sell them hand-to-hand -to, -hand to people, especially those who want to get signed copies. Mm. I'm hopefully um, trying to get that done by the end of the year. I'll send out an announcement to let everyone know when they're finished and when I'll be selling them. Okay. So, that's me. And as, as much of a nutshell as I can. Fit in all <laughs> so, uh, so talk to, so I'm, um, so talk to us KS about you. Uh, you worked on unholy, but I think that the, the first one came out in 2015, correct? Or was 2016, it I turned 25, and the first book, Unholy, came out the day before my, my 25th birthday. Um, I was born in 91, just so you don't have to do the math. Um, <laughs> I just turned 30. 
um yeah i worked on it in 2016 it came out in 2016 i think i worked on it first starting 2014 mm. i want to say maybe the spring of 2014 it took me two years to write it that's probably as the typical amount of time it takes to uh write a book at least the minimum amount of time if anyone finishes a book within like six months to a year they must have had some incredible help because I don't know how they did it and still live their <laughs> lives and still work and pay bills and, and go out with their friends and then finish a book within that little bit amount of time. That's almost impossible. Right. Um, but yeah, they, it took it took me about two years to write both of them and then publish them. So yeah, um, Unholy is set in Baltimore, Maryland, Baltimore City, Maryland, okay. about a young woman. Her name is Misty Calloway. Um, she has been seeing strange things pretty much all our, her entire life um people just you know calling her names mocking her calling her crazy and whatnot and then one night um something some type of creature kind of like invades her apartment that she's in and she ends up witnessing the death of this creature and then it just kind of spirals out of control after that for her, like people coming into her life and trying to explain to her that she's like the one. So that's that's what this is like. She's the one type of story, and um, they need her to help save the world. So mm -hmm. that's pretty much that. Also in a nutshell, it's urban fantasy, um, action adventure. It's not really a romance type of story, but there is swearing in it if you're. Not really not into that, just FYI. <laughs> um, and Unbroken is the sequel. It's the second book. And that is where the first one uh, stops at. It starts with a sec where Unholy stops. And it's just Misty trying to uh, hone her skills in a way. So I don't want to give too much away. I want you to go and read it. <laughs> buy, my, buy my book. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, again, I will be uh, printing out physical copies as soon as I can, as soon as okay. everything is what, how it's, how I want it to be, and then I can sign them. And again, I'll send out an announcement for that. Okay. So so talk to us, KS, about the, um, the, the inspiration behind the book. How did you sit down and start writing it out? How long did you have the story kind of stewing in your in your head before you actually put Okay, so I used to work at the Horseshoe Casino down here downtown in Baltimore City. Okay. And I started writing it on sticky notes when I was supposed to be working. Right. <laughs> and I believe this was right around the time of uh, Freddie Gray. Yeah. Freddie Gray instance. And honestly, just being a, a black person, being a person of color is... I don't know. I just feel like sometimes I wish we had superpowers, like not even like Black Panther, but we had our own superpowers where we could fight back in a way. Mm -hmm. And it kind of just went from there. So it's like if this black woman found out she had superpowers that could fight against these demonic creatures, it's not people, it's not police officers, it's these otherworldly creatures, how she handled it. And, you know, and she's always been alone for most of her life, orphan and whatnot. So how she handled not only these powers, but then other people wanting to come in and help her or even be deceiving towards her. So how would she handle that in a way? Right. So yeah. that's what inspired it was the pretty much the Freddie Gray riots. Right. And so when you had that inspiration, is it, did you, did you start off with like a, a character idea first? Or did you start off with like the world itself with like kind of creating the background of, you know, the demons and the vampires and the werewolves and their history. How did you, what were the first steps that you kind of did to form the story? Uh, well, there's a scene in Unholy where the main character, Misty Calloway, and a companion of hers, Axel Wentz, are in a, what is it called? They're in a, in a morgue. And that's the scene where it kind of all started for me. I just imagined a scene in the morgue and they're both tackling this otherworldly creature. So what does that look like? I don't really write linear, which is from start to finish. I mm. kind of just write 
sporadically in a way, like scene from scene to scene to scene. Um, I always tell people, uh, my characters tell me what they look like, you know, what they sound like and how they want it to go. I don't mm. really plan them out myself. So how Misty behaves, that's how I, she's like pretty much telling me, this is how she would react to this. You know, this is what Axel looks like. This is how he would react to her, chastising her for doing something stupid, you know, um, yeah, that's pretty much all my characters. Um, what's it? I don't even know, remember that man's name. Karen, and he's supposed to be like the werewolf type in the second book. Mm. Yeah, so I don't plan out my characters or the scenes and stuff like that. They kind of just come to me and tell me how it's supposed to go. It's right. just how am I going to do it? That's the thing, though. So it's like I have a scene in my mind, and this is how <laughs> I want it to be, and it's playing in my head. Now I got to put it on paper. That's the hard part for me is putting right. it on paper. So that's interesting. So you have like, as you're writing it out, you kind of have some kind of like major plot scenes mapped out. Do you then kind of figure out at what point do you kind of decide the order of the story? Do you, has there ever been a point where you read it and say, actually I can make this before this other scene or this looks better after this scene or how did how does that work like that yeah i always have the ending in mind okay. it's just how am i going to get there that's okay. probably one of my biggest issues that in writing action scenes i'm terrible at writing action scenes i try to listen to soundtracks um the soundtrack i was listening to at the time was last of us the video game last of us and um what's the man's name um Mad Max Fury Road when that movie came out. Okay. I was listening to those soundtracks when I wrote my action scenes. So as far as placing them, I just kind of have an idea or the idea came to me of this certain scene. And then as I go along, I may have wanted it to go here, but then it is better somewhere else. And I never delete anything because that idea came to me for a reason. So mm. I'll just put it to the side and come back to it later. Normally it fits in somewhere around here. I just don't know where. Right. Right. And do you have, uh, so when you, you kind of parse it out, uh, what would be your next step? So say for instance, like we have some, you know, like aspiring authors and, you know, published authors will listen, you know, listen. And um, uh, what would be some of your advice for, for people who are thinking, hey, you know, chaos, I got this book. I got I got it written out. Um, where do you find an editor? Where did you find your cover artist? Where did you, how, so how did you get it published? What would be some of your advice that you would give to, to folks? Okay. Um, as far as cover art and editor, go to the authors that you like. That was okay. the advice that I was given. Just go to the ones that you like. Go it can be a cover that you saw and you're like, oh, that'd be great for my cover, for my book that I want to do. Okay, the information is in the book. Go and Google the person and ask them if they have any availability and what's their rate. Try to do maybe like three or four of them. Mm. You know, one of them, it's just like, it's almost like filing for college applications. You want to have the, the like the two or three that you really want and then one that's like your dream school. That's pretty much far out of there because you never know you, they might be available and you may actually be, be able to afford them you might think you can't but you might actually be able to right. um so that's both for the cover artist and for the editor um as far as say you want to get it published or you want to start writing i just say just start that's the thing that you know everybody says just start it um you'll never get it done if you never get it started and right. it's okay to put it down. It's okay to have writer's block or it's not okay to be burnt out. I don't want to mm. say that. Um, but to, to put it down and come back to it later, you know, right. and this, what you, what you're writing, scenes you're writing may not work for this particular story. Don't delete it because it might fit for something else. You just might have to change the characters or change whatever it may be to fit, but it'll fit somewhere else. You know, I've been talking to a lot of creators lately, interviews that I've been doing, 
and a lot of them have been saying that a lot of people with a project they're working on now with like through Kickstarter, they started 10, 15, 20 years ago, but he had to put it down because say they did some type of crowdfunding before and it didn't work. You know, it failed. Mm. They didn't raise the money. Um, life got in the way. They got married. They had kids. They got divorced. They moved. They started a different job, whatever it may be. And then now they're picking it back up again. And the difference between then and now is that they have more experience and more than likely they have more money too. So right. they could probably go back and get a better editor. They can probably go back and get a better cover artist or a panelist or um, letterer for their comic or whatever it may be. So. Right. so another thing I would say is if you're at A, I was just having this conversation today. You're at A, you're, don't busy yourself looking at Z. That's mm. all the way over there. You know, you, you're starting at A and you need to go through all the letters. So like we, like I just said, life happens, you know, you're twisting and turning and circling back around and you might have to revert back, whatever it may be, but stop busying yourself and worrying yourself with the end product and worry about starting, hmm. worry about, you know, the scene that you're currently writing, um, getting the character background down pat, um, be ready to defend and adjust your ideas as well. Don't be so stuck on one thing that when somebody comes in with advice, you're not willing to listen to them. You know, they might actually have a better idea for the story or they might tell you, hey, you might want to take that out. Because that's what happened with me in Unholy. I was like 20, geez, 22, 23 years old and I was just young and stubborn and I wanted certain scenes in there. Like Unholy was a lot more violent and it had a lot more swearing in. Again, it was right up to Freddie Gray. It was just really frustrating. I was just really angry. Mm. And I was told to take some stuff out and I didn't want to. I mean, I'm, I'm glad I, I did now, but back then I really didn't want to. And they had to really talk to me and be like, hey, this isn't really you. You kind of have to pull some of that anger back and readjust yourself and then go back into your writing and write it the way that is more authentic to you. Mm -hmm. So that would, I would, that'd be another piece of advice is to stay authentic to yourself. Don't be so in your feelings and so attached to it that you're not willing to make any adjustments to it. Right. And do you see as you, you, you write um, the, the first two, um, what were some of the changes that you've, you kind of saw in your writing styles uh, that were either pointed out to you or you noticed yourself from book one to book two? Um, it's not as it's not as long winded. It's not as detailed. It's just so chunk full of sentences. It's like you don't have to do that when you write action adventure and fantasy because you want the reader to imagine what mm. is happening. You don't want to write everything for them. You know, downtown looks the same everywhere. Mm. As far as I'm concerned, it does. I mean, I've been to different cities and. It all looks the same. It's all crowded. It's, you know, it stinks. It's dirty, you know, full of traffic, full of tourists. Um, forests all look the same to me. It's full of trees. It's full of grass. You know, it's it's all the same. Um, <laughs> the sky, it's a pretty sunset or sunrise. A couple of words to describe it should be fine. You know, nighttime, the same thing. A couple of words. Um, describing a skyline, um, describing someone's emotions as well. Um, I would say invest in the thesaurus. I've been picking them up from different uh, comic book shops that I go to. They have a lot of good writing material. And the I play Dungeons and Dragons. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if my GM is watching, Micah. Um, and they have a lot of description cards as far as... Um, the dungeons or um, I guess plot would be the word. So you can use those as well. If you're struggling and probably just change a couple of words in there, maybe take some stuff out or put some stuff in there. If you're struggling with um, descriptive language. So I would say my descriptive language changed a lot too. How I use it changed from book mm -hmm. one, book two. Right. Okay. Um, that's interesting. So our, our, our mutual connection, Stephanie just said, 
KS Garner is a generous host. So there you go. Hi, Stephanie. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, how are so you 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 plan us to have this as a as a as a trilogy series, correct? Yes. Um, and uh, do you have uh, um, expectations of our when uh, when book three is going to be coming out for the your your readership? Nope. <laughs> I don't. I have people ask me, so when the third one coming out? I have I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. I am still writing just to get some stuff down on paper, just so I don't lose my touch. But yeah. the third one, I don't. I don't know. I do like to write. I don't like writing at home. Mm. I like writing when I'm staying in a hotel or um, I take the bus, the mega bus to different cities and I'll write there. Um, I like to write. I don't know. I like to write. It's weird. I like to write when I don't want to be somewhere. <laughs> like if I'm out of the house, I'm like, mm, I don't want to be here, but I don't want to go home. So I'll write on my phone. A lot oh. of the things I've written are actually on notes on my phone on the note app. On there. Really? Yeah. So, because I used to have, I used to write in this. I used to this little thing here. Okay. But I filled it up with. It's most of it is already full. So, <laughs> I just started writing on there instead, and then I would transfer it from the app onto my computer. So. So talk to us about that. How would you? So just from a from a logistics perspective, why would you? Do you like? Do you just like forward it to as as an email attachment, or how would how do you take your notes on and then putting into a work document? Yeah, so I have it connected from my phone on my computer. So the Mac already has a notes app on there, but I okay. used to like when I was on my lunch break, um, I used to write it through my Drive on Gmail okay. on there. Um, yeah, uh, it the the thing is when you do that, the formatting is weird. Sometimes it doesn't translate well from like uh, from the Google Docs to um, Microsoft Word, or even when you write it on your Notes app. When you do that, you just have to be careful where you put stuff because it just writes right. straight down or straight and just straight across. There's no indentation. There's no right spaces or anything like that, and it's going to translate differently when you put it onto the computer than you did on your phone. Okay. So that would just be aware of the formatting issues. Right. But yeah, if I have an idea about something, like when I go downtown, I like to walk around and scout for different areas. I'm like, oh, this would be cool. I like this door. This would be cool to like a secret entrance to something. And I'll, I'll put, I'll make a scene. I'll write a scene. I'll like, oh, they come in here and they do this and they do that. Oh, that's what I like to do sometimes. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so, is there other uh, so through, from the from your author perspective, is there other um, do you have other series that you're kind of brewing in your head that you want to write after Unholy finishes, or are you going to work on it in tandem? Or yeah, there's one story that I actually wrote that I started and I wrote like three or four chapters. In 2013, I had just graduated from college, first mm -hmm. Frostburg State University. So here in Western Maryland, it's about two hours away. Um, and I was watching a lot of Star Trek. Mm. So it's kind of like, um, it's almost kind of like how Dune is, um, but it's not on a desert planet. Um, yeah, I, I want to pick that back up again. I don't know why I stopped. I think I because I started a new job and then I just stopped. I stopped. And I was like, and, and then I I want to write another one that's kind of Dungeons and Dragons based with a variety like a party. Um, and I don't know what I want to do with that. I just want to write one. I probably just want to run a game. That's probably what it is. <laughs> and I want to write a mystery like a like a murder mystery i would like to do something like that so like a fantasy and murder mystery mixed that would mm. be something nice to do but I, I probably just need to read more of it first before i write my own because i'm still kind of with a murder mystery there's got to be twists and turns in there and i'm like i'm having difficulty writing action scenes how am i supposed to do like a puzzle or you're supposed to figure stuff out i'm like i just want to get to it i don't want to have to do all of that so 
yeah, I, I probably just have to read some more of it first. Right. Yeah. Before I actually write it all down. Yeah. So, so, so talk to us about, um, oh, Stephanie says hello. Hi, Stephanie. <laughs> so t- talk to us a bit about also with your, um, your successful podcasting that you've been doing. Um, so, so how have you been able to, first of all, I got to say too, is like, I was super excited to see that you actually had a thing on, uh, the life is strange. Um, I played, the, I, I think that they have, is that the third I game? I think now? so. Yeah. Right. I never actually played one before, but I actually, I've seen everybody play the life right. is strange games and the one that I actually really liked is not a life is strange games that, um, tell me why. The one with the twins. Okay. That was the one I really liked. I was like, okay, when I when they announced that this one was coming out, I was like, okay, I have got to play it. And I'm I'm glad I did. Mm. Um, some of the stream videos are up, but I think my computer slowed down in some of them. So you whoever wants to go and watch them on my Twitch channel, they may not play all the way through. I'm not really sure. Okay. But yeah, that was the last game I played all the way through after I played Luigi's Mansion 3, which I really like too. <laughs> and are you mostly doing like things through the PC or is it all Nintendo? Um, well, Life is Strange was PC and then right. Luigi's Mansion was um through the Nintendo Switch. Uh, it's just whatever I'm interested in, honestly, at the moment. Whatever okay. I feel but what whatever um I want to be bothered with at the time. If it's just right. easier to play a game on Nintendo, I'll just do it on that one. Right. Um if it's easy to do it on the PC, I'll do it on there. Okay. And so how, how do you, how do you manage your, um, also, as you mentioned that you're, you know, for, for folks that are looking at, um, maybe kind of expanding their, um, their, you know, part of their, their network. And like, if there's an author, like, oh, I know there's a, there's a, there's a writer's uh, group that I, that meets on this day, or if there's a comic book artist that, or, or children's book writers that, um, you know, find the times to because the, the benefit the benefit of where we are now um is that we're able to easily find the people who have the same likes and interests mm-hmm. but at the same time there's almost this sense of um uh, uh not overexposure what's the word i'm looking for where there's like too much choice in a way um, uh-huh. how what would be some of your recommendations that you would give to our to viewers and listeners to kind of organize? Because you mentioned before, is like you 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 have as you said you gave yourself a set calendar and a schedule in a way. Um, what would be some of your advice for folks who are trying to kind of hone in on um, wanting to do these creative creative endeavors like you're doing? Oh, how do I do it? Uh, <laughs> I have. A calendar that I pretty much live by. Um, so this is from the whole month of October. Oh, wow. Okay. So if it's not on this calendar, it's not happening. <laughs> um, I already pretty much have all of November almost laid out as far as interviews and people who are going to be published for the month. Yeah. Um, so I'll be booking for December, probably another week. Um, yeah, I would say, again, just start and adapt, tweak and grow as you go. Um, you can only make the adjustments after you've made the mistakes. Um, have laid boundaries for yourself and for your guests. So, it took me a while to find out the times of when I could speak to people. Um, as of right now, it's Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and then again at 4 to 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Mm. And I have it going as late as 7 because of people on the West Coast. I actually did an interview with um, Tristan Vick. He did the Daughter of, Daughter of Wolves Kickstarter. Um, he's in Japan. So I had to stay up until like nine, 10 o'clock at night because mm. on a Friday, because Saturday morning he was up and he had to go to work. So there you go, Tristan Vic, Daughter of Wolves. That was actually a very successful Kickstarter that he sent me um, that was successfully funded, I should say. 
So yeah, it just lay boundaries for yourself and the people that you want to talk to if you're if you want to do a podcast. Um, I was just telling somebody this. It's weird. I'm just telling um, someone today who wants to do their own business. Um, pick, I guess, pick three things that you definitely want to do, and try to cement them, make it solid. So I started out doing the TV show overviews um, twice a month. So I had to get that down pack first. Mm. And then when I got that down pack, I started doing the movie reviews and that was every Monday. It, you know, it, you would think it takes nothing to watch a movie and then write a review about it and then record it and then edit it. <laughs> but it's like two, three hour movie that takes time uh writing up a script to record later that takes time and then possibly editing it later that may be only like five six minutes but that took me three or four hours to um i guess you can say to write up or to consume in a way as well um and then i started getting into gaming scheduling that as well it's just like i said just get something that you definitely want to do get that down pack first Okay. And then start expanding later. And then, like, again, laying boundaries. I stop reading email. Well, I stop responding to emails at five o'clock. Yeah. Um, and then I put my phone down at eight o'clock. Like, I, I have to. Right. You know, it, it, even if I may not have been as productive as I wanted to that day, I have to put it down. I have to put it away. Because I I gotta get up in the morning and start all over again, right? Right. So, and and so so these are some of the the boundaries you've kind of set yourself up for um to to make sure for like you know mental health reasons and be able to um to, to for that overexposure, um, yeah. And um uh yeah, Tinky says uh great advice. So she likes yeah. That she was the, that's my. The, that's my cousin. Yeah, I was actually speaking with her today because she wants to start her own business. And I was telling her the same thing about starting. And she's been anxious about the end product, all the stuff that she wants to do and expand on in our business. And I'm like, these are all great ideas, but you need to start first. And right. then you need to get three things, the three services that you want to do, you can get them down packed first hmm. and get your pricing together, get the services that you want to do together. And then expand on it later. You're so busy. You're at A and you're so busy looking at Z. That's all the way down there that you haven't even started on A yet. So, mm-hmm. and I told her as well. Um, and I'll tell everyone else. Don't work more than two weeks ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Right. So, like I said, I got everything laid out pretty much already for the month of November. But things could change. I might have to move some stuff around, which is fine with me. Again, making the adjustment and adapting to whatever's going on around you. But I try not to work or schedule anything more than two weeks in advance. Right. Um, And what would be, uh, you know, so, you know, with that said about kind of like separating out kind of your work, giving yourself some space, um, what would, what would also be, um, uh, another piece of advice that you've kind of used as a that that you received or that you've discovered on your own that you um, also use as that that rock solid you know non negotiable for you. Um, I don't like it when people are, are no call no shows. <laughs> um, I'll. Because I, I, I made the appointment for them to, I mean, I laid everything out for you. I, I started the interview beforehand. I've been checking emails all day to make sure if you don't show up, if you're going to be late, which people have been late, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't say anything. And then we try to reschedule, but then you don't want to reschedule. So I'm not going to reach out to you to reschedule if you don't reach out to me to try to reschedule. Right. Um, also, on Saturdays, I force myself to leave the house. As much as I am a introvert and I prefer to be in a house, um, I have to force myself to get some sunshine, to get some fresh air, 
and to be around some people, get some human interaction, even for a, a little while, even if it's just me walking around downtown and scouting for whatever. I, I need to hear, I need to be around p- real people. I think mm-hmm. we have spent so much time, especially in 2020 when we were all forced in the house, we all lived our lives online. And I, I feel like a lot of us have lost our humanity in a way mm-hmm. and what it feels like to interact with other human beings i see stuff like on twitter i'm like have you interacted with a real person before because real people don't speak to each other like this you know and it's like we may be different culturally politically but it's like in real life people don't talk like this right so like i i mean i grew up doing when facebook came out but i actually had a life and i had a childhood before the internet and it's like you wouldn't speak to me like that if you knew who I was in real life. So I, I would say for creators, take the time out to do what it is that you want to do. It may be an hour a day. It may be a couple hours a day. It could be a couple hours a week. Um, but don't be so obsessed with it that you forget life around you. Mm. Right? Um, spend time with your family. Spend time by yourself. Or, you know, go touch some grass or get some windy air, get some rain on your face or something, whatever it is you feel comfortable with. Um, Be around some people, even though you don't like people, which is me. Uh, Yeah, like talk to people on the phone or something. I don't know. But yeah, you got to draw a line somewhere. You know, and I work in phases. I don't work straight through. I take breaks. I am very much... A person who likes their lunch break and mm. likes to, you know, put stuff down and do something else because then I get bored. Mm. A lot of this was a lot of what I do in my podcast is from boredom. <laughs> I did it so well. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna do something else now to fill in the gaps, to fill in the week because now I'm bored. Right. So yeah, just figure out what works for you. It's good to look at what other people are doing just to see where you are in whatever industry that you may be but again just stay true to yourself do what works for you lay the boundaries that work for your life and for what it is you want to do and remember to start just just start right and and so uh where have you seen because also as we mentioned you know as you mentioned like uh social media there's just so much out there it's it's easy to get lost in the noise where have you seen the most success what social media platform have you seen the most success from for your work was is it is it twitter instagram facebook um as we said some of like spotify twitch what 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 are some of the things that you've noticed you've seen some good success with um the most as far as likes is probably instagram i think because the promotional thumbnails that i make people like them yeah um, but as far as engagement goes, it would be Twitter. Mm. As far as um, people sh- liking it, sharing it, um, replying to certain things that I put up on there. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I mean, I, I post pretty much everywhere. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, even LinkedIn. Um, Bill. Goslin, he he shares a lot of my stuff on there too. Um, people are looking at the profile, but it's like if you don't interact with it, it doesn't matter. But mm. my most engagement comes from Twitter, and but the most likes I get is from Instagram. Okay. So I I prefer as much of a hellhole it is. Twitter is probably your best chance as far as promoting your Kickstarter. And that's another thing too. I would advise people is in, invest in that Kickstarter is, you know, try to get a trailer up. A trailer does better for your Kickstarter. If you have one up, um, I kind of prioritize the Kickstarters that have trailers on there. That's really cool. Yeah. I'm like, whose profile is that? It's mine. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Just try to invest, invest in yourself really, yeah. and invest in your work. So it may be investing your time, it may be investing your money, it may be, you know, doing the research and investing in the right people, even. And just try to engage with, uh, with others as well. 
you know, as artists, a lot of us, again, are introverts. We don't like showing our faces. We don't like using our real names. Um, we may not even like when people repost our work, but that's the way of how the world works now. And you, right. you got to put yourself out there and you got to do the work. You got to invest in marketing or, you know, all those friends you got, you know, put them to use. Yeah. <laughs> And and do you do you also find like it's also kind of important to kind of diversify your uh, your your audience in a way by you know you, uh, appealing to say like you know your your comic sections you got your role playing game sections you got your video games um, where have you seen the most engagement from as well? Um, people like the comics. Yeah. Uh, well, people like the interviews in general. Mm. Uh, and, and they also like the mental health stuff that I talk about. Mm. So I believe it's episode seven that I did the, um, it's called game therapy to the mental health benefits of gaming. Mm. And I pretty much correlate how gaming affects people mentally and how they, they, yeah, they, how they use it as a coping mechanism mm. for their lives. And a lot of people like that episode, the gaming therapy. Um, with my with my GM, Micah, um, if you're interested in playing D&D, he goes by MJ Gaming Solutions on Facebook. Yeah. So, Micah, I don't know if you're watching, but if you're interested in playing, he does virtual and in-person gaming. Um um, there's a character that I want to play, a barbarian. And, you know, barbarians are notorious for raging. So I want to explore the side effects of raging, what it does to the body. Mm, wow. So say, I, I, I want to say like maybe I rage and the rage lasts one minute. So after that's done, after we're done with combat, then I would roll, he would roll actually a D6 and say it rolled a four. And the four was like anxiety. So now I'm like hyper aware and I'm really scared and I'm anxious or he wrote a three and now I'm constipated, you know, mm -hmm. or um, a, a one and I lash out at somebody or something like that. So it either, it either has to run its course or somebody has to perform lesser restoration, which gets rid of a condition. Wow. With a, okay. a player. So, and then the thing is, as my character levels up, is either she finally finds a way to appropriately cope with her rage to find out the root of it, or the rage will eventually kill her. Because mm. you can also have like a stroke or a heart attack from have, being so angry and bottling mm. up all that rage. Right. So that's so, another episode I wanted to do with him. Well, right. I guess we'll talk about it in a in a full episode at some point. Right. That's a and, and do you see a lot as you mentioned in episode seven? Do you uh, um, you know what are some of the takeaways that people could get from this episode? Um. Let's see. Um. Well, I remember talking about games like. Um, games like Animal Crossing, how during all of 2020, people pretty much used that as a way of staying connected with people mm. through gaming with Animal Crossing. That just blew up of all 2020. Um, it's just a, people use it as a way of escaping mm. in a way. Um, gaming nowadays, a lot of games discuss mental illnesses like true colors like life is strange true colors where mm -hmm. alex chen um is an empath right and so she's dealt with depression um she didn't deal with suicide or anything like that um but just feeling like she doesn't belong anywhere because of her condition so i talk about that as well about how a lot of games are going towards that so it kind of teaches people about different conditions okay um God, I think the Tetris was the one that they used for people who, um, I think who have insomnia, I believe it is, that they, 
God, this was such a long time ago when I wrote it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they remember because a lot of them don't remember about what they dream about, but they remember the blocks. Hmm. So they use that in those types of studies. Right. But yeah, a lot of people say they, they like it because a lot of, even I guess even gamers and people outside of gaming don't look at gaming as a way for people to cope with their lives in a way. They just look at it as escapism. Mm. So I want to do more, more of those. There was another one I did maybe about a month ago. It was um, called When the When the Past Was Around and the Stages of Grief. So there's a woman whose significant other had just passed away and he had a long-term illness and they were just living their lives and I, I believe maybe he had cancer and it was in remission, but then it came back and he ended up dying from it. So now she's, I think she was probably grieving him when he was still alive in a way, but then she really had to go through the stages of it when he died. Wow. So then just exploring the stages of grief and how she's, how she's dealing with it. And then the actual stages of grief, because it's not just those seven stages it can be more it can be less you know it can you can expand on more of them as well so that was that one and i think that's it as far as me expanding on those but yeah i want to do i want to do more of of those episodes Mm. in the future i just the one about the rage is the one that i can think of that i really want to do but i want to do another one maybe um on body i want to call it not body positivity but body normalcy Mm. so if you want to make things normal you just kind of have to talk about it so that that, i want to just use the nerd stuff comics games tabletop games books whatever it may be fantasy whatever you want to whatever pick your poison whatever your poison is right um try to bring it back and circle it back to how we use it in our lives, in our daily lives to cope with our lives pretty much, right. particularly mental health. Because for me, it wasn't Animal Crossing that pretty much saved me during 2020. It was Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. You know, having those weekly, bi-weekly games, having a routine, being able to stay in communication with my friends. Right even though I couldn't see them, even though I couldn't touch them, it it really did save me. I mean, I did work during 2020, but we had to remain isolated from each other. So I couldn't really talk to my coworker like I used to. I had to remain isolated. So even though we were isolated from each other, even though it was over Zoom, again, it was nice to have that routine and to have some type of normalcy because we did meet up in person but on a bi-weekly basis right no but that's a good point about yeah as you're saying like games themselves how's they that mental health component to it you know people are able to you know uh play games they played before just for the nostalgia piece and also that mm-hmm. familiar familiarity was important um because they couldn't go anywhere mm-hmm. um but and I, you know, also seeing in like the YouTube algorithms, the uh, um, video game run-throughs recorded yeah. that were like were watched a lot more. So that's I never made those two to two together since you since you just pointed that out. It makes a lot of sense now. Mm. Yeah. Um. So so uh, so, Kath, we are at our top of the hour already. See, this went by fast, huh? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So where so if people want to if people want to subscribe to your podcast, mm-hmm. uh, where would be the where would be the best place that they could go to? Any place that you any place you listen to your music, you want to go there. Um, SoundCloud, Spotify, which Barney has up here, and Apple Podcasts and uh, Google Play. Okay. I don't. Have, I don't think I have a Google Play link up there. A lot of people. I mean, nobody mentions Google Play. So, I mean, I have it up on Google Play. I think yeah. one of my coworkers has had Google Play, but other than that, no one really mentions it. So, the main three would be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Okay. Okay. 
Cool. And if if and if people, you also have your your fantastic little link tree right here. Yeah, Solo Nerd Podcast. It's yeah, right everything there. is pretty much there. If you want to be a guest on the show, that's pretty much a direct link to my email. Um, you want to listen to the podcast, there with the big three right there, and then my socials right there at the bottom as well. Yeah. Pretty much yeah. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. Cool. Excellent. Well, I gotta say, Cass, I'm I'm ex I was uh I was very excited to uh uh, to get you on the show, especially after I've been listening and uh, listening and watching your uh, your podcast for for a good month and a half so far, so it's been great to to you know talk to you and learn more about your your book series and learn more about your 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 podcast schedules and learning the the, the reason behind some of this has been really has been really uh, eye opening for me. Well, thank you a lot, Bernie. I appreciate it. Um, do you? I mean, since you've been listening, do you have any feedback for me or anything like that? Or, I mean, the only person that gave me feedback was that the intro music was too long, so I had to shorten it from <laughs> a minute to thirty seconds. But other than that, no one's really said anything. So I no, just been doing the same thing. It's been great. I've been oh. really enjoying it. So yeah, keep up, keep on keeping on. It's been great. No, oh, thank you. Yeah. All right. And make sure you got, if you, uh, anything you want to talk about before, like when you get ready for your next book or any of that stuff, make sure you uh, come back on. Oh yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. Yeah. Uh, that book, I wouldn't even hold my breath for the third book, uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm restarting the movie Monday. So the um, next movie I'll be reviewing is Labyrinth. Okay. And um, that movie did not hold up, but you know, David Bowie is worth watching. Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, the interview, Mary Knight with uh, Twin Sisters Livingston, I just posted today her Kickstarter for that children's book. I would recommend everybody to give it a look, share, and back it if you can. Yeah. Uh, see, that's pretty much that I have all for this week. Oh, the Sailor Moon series, season two overview will be up um, Sunday. Oh, so, cool. All right. Yeah, everybody, people like the Sailor Moon, so yeah. that'll be up if you're looking forward to another review overview, I should say. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, thanks a lot, KS. And uh, like I said, congratulations again on your uh, successful podcast. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. stuff like i can change the um you know like the color here i don't know uh, what's your what's your favorite color uh yellow yellow see i can do this mm. so yeah i can change it but yes yeah, you can yeah